We're kicking it with Stephen Page, our favorite host right here. Stephen A, 1181. We've got the one over there, ready to rock and roll. Happy Forbidden Four Sunday. So, <laughs> question, Greg, what has been the most forbidden door you've ever stepped through? Mm, most forbidden door moment? Interesting. Uh, you know what? I think, um, I don't know if it's actually a forbidden door moment, but going back to before the internet and when you could watch wrestling and, you know, guys could move and you wouldn't find out about it a month or, you know, three weeks, four weeks, a month beforehand. When you saw them, it was a shock. Um, so I had to go back to what I considered the greatest debut ever. And that's the end of the millennium. Y2J and the countdown clock with the rock standing in the ring and boom, the debut of Jericho on Monday night raw. You know, nobody knew it. Well, maybe a couple of people knew it as evidenced by a couple of the uh, signs in the audience, but you didn't see those signs before it happened. And, uh, you know, that's when you didn't, these things weren't leaked. You didn't find out about it until it happened. So being a big WCW fan and guy who's loved Jericho since the beginning, seeing him on Monday Night Raw just popped me to the moon. And that's still, in my opinion, like the greatest debut of a wrestler from one company coming to another company. Uh, did a, you know, contract expired or whatever. You know, but we didn't know that back then. So it was a huge shock, a huge pop. And that clip of Jericho debuting at the end of the countdown to the Millennium Clock and the Titan Tron and everything was just, you know, off the page. And I I still watch it every now and then just to see that promo, see that debut and hear that crowd pop still gives me goosebumps. Uh, I think I'm going to go when Vince McMahon introduced Eric freaking Bischoff. And you had him, you know, part of WWE. I mean, because who would have ever thought <laughs> that Bischoff and McMahon would work together in any capacity, Greg? So that True. would be maybe my forbidden door. And me personally, just walking to any club where I felt like I wasn't expected to be at. So I've walked through <laughs> a few forbidden doors. Even though some of those doors have banned me, Greg, from coming in, so whatever. Uh, hey, how about there. the uh, honorable mention for uh, Shane turning up on Nitro and talking about the sale okay. of uh, WCW? And the name, but not Vince. So. Right. Or maybe even Paul Heyman working with WWE, you know. All, you know, the ECW original kind of invasion uh, where we had Sabu jumping off the W of Raw or R, whichever one it was, uh, pretty much falling over, not really jumping, more of it toppling over him, flailing through the air. But uh, you got to think that too. So, but Greg, we have a lot of matches to pick from or to predict. Um, I did put a little um, uh, message to David Potter so he could join us. That's awesome. If they can't, that's okay, too. We'll get them next week or whenever we can. So uh, we got quite a few matches, though. So I say we throw it up there, get started with the buy-in match. We have Matt Cast- Max Caster, Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, and Colton Gunn against a bunch of New Japan guys that I have no idea for. So I'm going to go with AW in this one. Well... I'm going to go with the unknown quantities just because, you know, I like, you know, what they're doing with the uh, acclaimed and the, the gun club, the, um, you know, the gun stallions. And uh, it's funny. It's entertaining. And I hated it at the beginning and now I'm getting into it. Um, like I said, the scissor thing is going to take off. It's just, it's gaining momentum, and whether we like it or not, it's going to stay for a while. Um, it's going to be on that the being, Right. That being said, um, 
I think we're going to get the polar opposites with Team Japan, uh, smash mouth, hard hitting, and you know you got the jokesters on one side and the straight men on the other. And I think this one is going to be you know Team Japan. So I don't know who any of them are, but I think uh, they're going to be the favorites uh, in this match. Just unknown quantity, and you know they're not going to be the same type of, you know, clowny jokester. They're going to be serious. They're going to bring it. So I think Team Japan. And now I will go the opposite on this. I'm going to go Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi, uh, just because, you know, my thoughts on QT Marshall, Greg. <laughs> he, just, he just needs to go away. But uh, Or Aaron Solo being stuck with it. Is Aaron Solo the only factory guy left? Our, we did see Anthony Agogo one week, didn't we, I believe? Yeah, then, I've seen his name in the crawl for one of the uh, Elevation or Docker Elevation okay. matches. Okay. So Maybe he's at right. least back in some for, yeah. some. Yeah. I'm guessing they don't know what to do with, with it. You know, the Cody Rose thing is gone. It just it feels like they really don't know. Uh, don't We can't forget Booker, Nick Corvado. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It just... I don't, I don't see QT and Aaron pulling off a win here. So I'm going to New Japan side of things on this one. Yep, I agree. Any team with uh, QT Marshall on it, that's not good in my book. And don't like the guy. I just straight don't like him. And so I can't pull for his team. So 2-0 Team Japan. All right. And then the last buying match. Now, this one might be the most intriguing. Because of the Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, uh, we're getting the will they, won't they break up, Greg, which I think is going to happen soon rather than later. Probably needs to. I, I, you know, I think they were working overall, but I think both guys need to be on their own. I think our tag team division is too, too full. <laughs> too many dance partners, as they say, Greg. We don't need Keith Lee and Swerve as a tag team anymore. You know, it's fine to do it a couple weeks, you know, just so both guys can get on dynamite. Uh, but I think I go New Japan guys as well. The El Desperado and the Shinobi Hanamoru. I hope I said that right. Um, so I'm going to go New Japan in this one too, because I think, I think we're just seeing the cracks, <laughs> big cracks in the foundation of Swerve and Lee, right? Which, like I said, it's probably needed. Yeah, uh, I like the way they're doing this, uh, you know, this real heat with Swerve and Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to when Swerve threw Keith Lee out of the uh, Casino Battle Royal. And, of course, you know, they're making nice right now, but you can tell Keith Lee's still salty about it for a good reason. And it I like the way to let it play out and letting it be there on the surface between them and, you know, getting that realness with it. Yeah. Um, so I love how they're doing it and I figure at some point it's going to explode, but not yet. Um, so this is the one match that I'll go opposite and pull for Team AEW, Swerve and Keith Lee, just to, you know, further the storyline and, you know, start fixing the cracks a little bit before the it, the whole thing falls apart. So um, take a swerve and Lee in this one. And like you said, it probably wouldn't surprise me to pick up win now and maybe let it more play out on AW Dynamite the next right. weeks. But um, you think swerve goes more heel? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, feel I think like he's a much better heel than Keep yeah. Lee yeah. could possibly be. Definitely has the yeah, and you know maybe if you got maybe him with the baddies, I, I kind of like to see Swerve hook up. No, not hook up Swerve. Jade and the baddies. I think that'd be interesting. You could have Stokely, you know, kind of building him up too. I think that'd be interesting. You know, kind of positioning. So um, right, and then maybe you can find a way to pull the Hit Row guys back in. You know, rebrand them and set them loose. You know, with the baddies, and you want, have a you nice want, little. Uh, now I forget her other name. Oh, uh, uh, top dollar and uh, Shanti Adonis. 
than the girl. And BFAB. BFAB. We haven't heard much from her at all. Yeah. I think they're all still out of work right now. Yeah. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen if they're even doing independent stuff. So and like we but like we said, I think BFAB still needed some seasoning. Oh absolutely. So, you know. And Tony Palm was interesting. I think he mentioned, you know, we want people that can work right away. We're not training. We're not training people. Um, yeah, but what do you call Jade? Well, She's funny. on the job training. Funny. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> obviously, if you see, well, just like, you know, we talk about WWE where they're like, oh, we're not going to take, you know, um, independent wrestlers anymore. But you think if they, you know, we'll look at Roxanne. I mean, she was totally independent, you know, Ring of Honor. So, and they took her right off the boat. So, yeah, it's just like anything. You just got to find the right person. I just don't know if BFAB really would be the one that they would <laughs> give the on-the-job training. But stranger things have happened, right? So, all right. Well, those are the buy-in matches. I think it'll be a it'll be a kind of a cool buy-in uh, event to kind of see, you know, like I said, some of these names that I've never personally seen. So let's get to the main card. Let's just go right to it, Greg. Who will be the mystery opponent for Zack Saber Jr.? All right, so my money is going to be on Cesaro. Uh, it makes sense, you know, the history with all the members of the BCC, uh, aside from Wheeler Yuta, which we don't know if, if there is a story there, but definitely with Regal and Danielson and Moxley, um, the history's there. He would fit like a, you know, hand in glove. As a uh, honorary member of the BCC, if not a full member, just by being included, and it would make a ton of sense, seeing as he is a uh, excellent technical wrestler. And you know, even though WWE kind of did a poor job of really booking him to his potential um, in the right setting, such as this, he could be a huge star. So. Um, I think he is going to be the guy we see tonight. And, well, who picks up the win then? That's an interesting question. Because... <laughs> you debut somebody to lose. Right. And well, and the thing is, you're debuting both of the guys. Because we unless you're seen... a regular New Japan watcher, we've never seen Zack Sabre Jr. either. Now, he was on CWC, so... the Cruiserweight. That was crazy. Okay. That was, that's him and um, uh, now, of course, I'll, uh, whoever, Kenny Omega's former tag partner. Oh, uh, now you are playing. But anyway, uh, so Zack Sabre Jr. was on the CWC. Um, didn't want to sign, obviously, so they had him lose early on. Okay. But anyway. So. But in essence, this is still the first time we've seen both of these guys in a match setting, maybe aside from a random match for, for Zack Sabre. Um, and in this scenario with, if it is Cesaro, then I'm going to have to pick Cesaro. Uh, just because he, uh, the way Danielson's already put him over to the moon and you know what we already know about him and his ring work, and we know we're going to get like one of those excellent, you know, technical uh, mat wrestling clinics. And it's going to probably end up with some type of, you know, my straw cradle or small package, you know, type thing that gets a quick win. Um, so if it's Cesaro, pick for Cesaro. If it's another member of the AEW roster that's already there, um, Johnny, I'm probably going to. <laughs> this seems like a, a BCC pick, but uh, yeah. Johnny Dor. Some might joke they go Johnny Dor. <laughs> there we go. Johnny yeah. Forbidden. <laughs> forbidden Johnny. No, I'll, I'll take Zach Saber against another member of a current member of the uh, AW roster. If it's an outside member such as Cesaro, then I'm taking that guy. I feel like it's got to be an outside guy. I mean, I don't think they would fill it up like this. If right. we didn't have some signing. Um, now, 
There is a certain Johnny, though, Greg, that was spotted in Chicago today doing a signing. And what's really interesting is he tweeted out a picture of him at the airport, and it said departures. So I'm like, <laughs> so John, my, you know, I'm going to do it. Why not, Greg? Uh, Johnny Gargano is going to be the mystery opponent. Oh, really? I would love to see him at Blood and Guts because he can do it. I mean, him and Tampa have put on some wars. Now, yes, don't get me wrong, though. Cesaro in a Blood and Guts match. We haven't really seen Cesaro in that type of style. So it would be interesting to see Cesaro. I think Cesaro is the logical point. You know, uh, the most sense. Uh, apparently, he's been training back to get back in the ring. Uh, what's interesting, they said that is he was fought in Orlando training at Flatbacks, which I believe is John Spears and Tyler Briggs' place. So, so we, have, we have options either way. Uh, and about Morrison, how about that? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, I think I'm going to go for Gargano. And I think he wins, obviously. Like, you know what? Because essentially, this is AEW paper. I mean, we might as well just say it. New Japan is a partner of it, Greg. But this, you know, when it comes down to, if we're going to see these guys on Wednesday night, we're probably not going to see any of these New Japan guys again. You know, maybe Jay White. You know, maybe Tanahashi. But you know, I don't think we'll see Zack Saber Jr. back on. Well, he wasn't even on TV. I don't think he was even on Dynamite, was he? I didn't. I'll just be honest. I did not get a chance to catch up on Dynamite yet this week, so maybe he, yeah, he did come out on Dynamite. He did come out. Okay. He did come out, stand on the stage. Um, just waiting. Yeah, for yeah. Danielson did the promo. You know, I handpicked my my uh, replacement. Blah blah blah. And Saber came out on stage to try to goad him into saying who it was. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be Cesaro, but. For some reason, I think it'd be a nice little uh, swerve if it was Gargano and just let him. Especially, like I said, if you did blood, if you're doing, you know, blood and guts this Wednesday, which Brian Danielson will not be part of. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Greg, but man, the injury list for AEW is. You might as well start a promotion with with that <laughs> list lately. It's it's lengthy. Um, next up, how about this one? Chris Jericho, Manora Suzuki, Sammy Guevara. Against Eddie Kingston, Shota Yumino, and ROH Pure Champion, Wheeler Yuta. Which way do you want to go, Greg, with this one? Wow, this is a good, awesome. good match. Um, Jericho and Suzuki on one side. That's a form- formidable uh, lineup there. Um, and of course, we love Sammy. Um, maybe not his character right now, but you know, Sammy's going to be Sammy, and Sammy's going to do Sammy things, and it's going to be amazing. Um, so the more unknown qualities, quantities are on the other side with, you know, we know what Yuta can do, um, but, you know, Kingston's the wild card, and uh, we don't know who the, the third man in his match is as far as, you know, what he can do in the ring and things like that, so uh, he's kind of the Joker in the deck. Um, so there's not really a, you know, us versus them in this match. So you can't really go wrong. But I'm going to go with uh, Team Jericho in this one. Okay. I feel like Jericho and the Kingston are just going to do, you know, do the brawl thing they did with that rampage where they just kept going at each other. So it feels like yeah. they almost kissing each other out. So I'm going to go Kingston's team with the Wheeler Yuta maybe pinning Sammy. You know, give the crowd kind of a... Because you got to think Jericho won the hair versus hair match. So I feel like with this one, now Blood and Guts, of course, will be a whole nother. <laughs> that, you know, who knows which way that could go. But I'm going to go right, with... That's uh, kind of why I'm thinking Jericho wins here because the bigger match can be Blood and Guts. That would be a spot for Eddie to win. Yeah. And that... And, and that's why I think if he doesn't factor to the decision, I'm okay if they win this match and the next. And then, you know, we can keep going. So, 
Oh, look at this. We have a special guest just in time. We're only on about the third match, so David can catch right up with us. Or some dork, as he has called himself on that. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, gang? So we'll let, you, let the uh, wonderful people of Super Kicking It know who you are real quick. I will jump back to the slides, and you can give us our quick kind of predictions, if you don't mind. Right, right. So my name is David Potter. I am a.k.a. somebody that's irrelevant compared to the great Steven, but I'm happy to be on the program talking about some pro wrestling with the great Steven on his uh, his broadcast. And what's going on? The Greg one. The Greg one. That is my co-host, who you have not met yet, but this is David Potter, who is uh, Calgary, or say one more time, Heart Stampede Wrestling? Uh, Heart Legacy Wrestling. I did commentate. Heart Legacy. Sorry. Nice. And a former MMA guy, correct? Yep, former MMA guy. Some MMA Greg guy. Is a former, hey, Greg is a former MMA go. guy, so you two guys could just kick my ass one day. That's what's up. <laughs> I'm a huge MMA guy, you know, cool, going brother. back to the first season of uh, Tough, and I've been a MMA lifer ever since. Yeah, man. So, that, that was a good season, uh, especially as a Trojan force to introducing people to combat sports and mixed martial arts. It's kind of like packaged to get uh, MMA on network television, considering that MMA was pretty much banned on network television. The last time they did yeah. a show on MMA was probably 2003, 2002, 2003. Uh, yeah, 2002, best damn sports show, period, when Chuck Liddell fought against uh, Vitor Belfort. That was the last time MMA was actually on television. And, uh, yeah, it was packaged as a, as a reality TV show to get on public television, you know, dress it up as a reality TV show to educate people mm -hmm. on mixed martial arts. And ever since then, it's been booming, as they predicted. You know, they invested all that money in the show. So, and the rest is history, exactly. as they say. And you could have had a better cast to start off with that season oh, one. Fuck yeah, A uh, house full of Hall of Famers, as it turned out. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was perfect from the from the word go. So. Oh, yeah, brother. Yeah. Huge fan. Right. And I have no idea. I'm just going to smile and nod. <laughs> That's what I do when I don't understand something. So, uh, David, let's slide back. Uh, do you care about the buy-in matches? Do you want to just go with quick, quick fire here? Do you have the Gun Club and Acclaimed, or do you have the New Japan guys in this first buy-in match? Yeah, I, um... Do you like the Acclaimed? How about that? With, with, with the Gun Club, I like uh, what they're doing, and especially with uh, with Billy Gunn and working with Billy Gunn. And, you know, I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, Austin Gunn and, uh, and other Gunn, uh, Colin Gunn, I, I'm glad that they're pushing them. I'm glad they're giving them a push and obviously putting against Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn obviously had a tremendous career in the WWE and, you know, I, as a King of the Ring winner, Intercontinental Champion, you know, tag team legend, uh, hardcore legend. You know, you, you couldn't pick a better guy and, you know, being sons of a legend. And I like the fact that, you know, they're pushing the uh, second generation stars, especially what they're doing with uh, Taz's son, Hook. Uh, I like the second generation stars coming up and they're obviously following, you know, their their father, famous father's uh, path. Um, I, I, I really like them to continue building up the guns and I like them to, you know, get the win. I, I, I think they're all fucking talented and Max Callister also. Um, yeah, but this is... Uh, this is kind of like a tricky match to call, considering that with uh, New Japan and with um, with AEW and their arrangement they have, and don't mean to kill kayfabe, but uh, you know, obviously New Japan's going to have to win some matches, and you know, this is going to be a key. Uh, well, it's not going to be a key match in, in a lot of people's eyes. It's kind of like mid Carter's the high Carter. So now I'm going to have to go with uh, Alex Cullen and uh, Yuya and D uh, DKC and uh, Kevin Knight to uh, get the W. All right, how about this one? <laughs> Everyone's favorite, Nightmare Factory head, Chief, QT Marshall, and Aaron Solo versus Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi. Yeah, what do you think about this one, Greg? I haven't taken Team Japan in this yeah. one because I can't stand QT Marshall, and <laughs> he is going to be the anchor that drowns your team no matter how many people are in it. So yeah. I'm taking Team yeah. Japan just for that alone. I just don't know if we've ever seen a more plain wrestler than QT. Like, you know, to actually get TV time. I mean, yeah, and I, I really like Yoshi in this match too. I, I and I think they're gonna be able to complement each other's styles. And I'm gonna go with Team Japan also. But Yoshi, I, I hope he does more matches in AEW and uh, Hiroki. I hope he does also. Uh, both are talented in their own right. But I'm gonna have to go with G Team Japan on this one. Okay. 
And then finally, the last fight match is probably the one I think most intriguing because you have the anim- the little swerves in the cr- in the crack of the foundation of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus El Desperado and Yoshinobu. Now I already said it differently. Tamari. Yeah. There you go. So which one uh, you got here, David? Um, Keith Lee needs a big win, and obviously it's going around the forums how Keith Lee's not getting his due, despite the fact that he was one of the biggest names on the next roster. He comes to AW, and he's, what, a mid-carder? Like, I, I don't think he's getting the push he deserves. I think he needs a big win while people are watching, and the most people are watching, and most eyeballs, especially from the New Japan audience and the AEW. Uh, I want just from... You know, from a talent standpoint, I like Keith Lee and Swerve to win, just because I need Keith. Uh, not not necessarily for Swerve, but I think Keith Lee needs a huge push, and I, you know, I I like him to get this win. Yeah, yeah, I think Swerve is getting over just fine, but Keith Lee, I still like they. You know, they were doing a couple of good things with him, and then, like you said, they just throw him on elevation and dark, and hope that we catch that to see him picking up wins. Which, yeah, I'll be honest, I do not watch elevation. Other than this scrolling tab across the bottom, I couldn't tell you who's picking up wins. So now here's where it gets cooking, David. Zack Saber versus TBA. Who is your TBA pick? Taka Michinoku. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really know, man. Uh, who do you think, Greg? You'd probably know better than me. I picked Cesaro. I think he's a natural fit with his history with Regal. Danielson and Moxley, and he would fit hand in glove in the BCC. So he's my pick. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, because he was spotted in Chicago over the weekend, David, and he was doing a signing, and then he wanted to swerve us by taking a picture of the departures lane for the O'Hare Airport up there. So that is my. But it's probably going to be Cesaro. Imagine if Bray Wyatt just fucking pops out and starts eating souls. That would be great. <laughs> Braun. Braun Strowman shows up as David. David or, the fiend, or the fiend pops up, like lights go dark and goes and he's eating a child. You know, that would be great. I would love that. Uh, <laughs> I just fit right in with what's been happening in the U.S. this week. That's a whole other ball wax. So anyways, how about this one, David? We got Team Jericho versus Team Kingston. Who do you I'm going to go with Jericho with this one. Okay. How yeah. have you liked, have you got to see any of the Jericho Appreciation Society? Yeah, I've I seen him with the wizard and fucking his, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I like the gimmick. Uh, I like them better with um, the inner the circle. circle? Yes. Yeah, I like to work better with the inner circle. But yeah, um, I think uh, Suzuki as a former Pancras champion, obviously an MMA veteran, uh, incredible wrestler and pro wrestler in his own right. Uh, Sammy Guevara, I think, is going to be uh, pretty much the next name of the company. Like, I, yeah, I guarantee you could put the put the entire franchise on his shoulders and he can make money. I, I think he's a huge marquee name and he should be in the future. And obviously, Chris Jericho knows needs no introduction. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Chris Jericho's team for the W. And then, oh, now we're caught up. So there we go. This one, uh, there's been a change, I believe. We are down to a trios match. So you have the, the dudes with attitudes, which is Sting, Darby Allen, and it will be uh, Shingo Akaji. That Did I say it correct? Hopefully, maybe. And then we've got the Bullet Club, which is Young Bucks and El Fantasmo. Uh, I'm going Bullet Club. Or no, actually, I'm going to go Darby and Sting. Because I think Darby and Sting are going to get a tag team title shot. Right, right. Just, just to do it. Because why not? True, it's true. Great. It's It's because we just have to keep seeing Sting out there, Greg. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Know. Greg, who do you, who do you got, who do you got this, Greg? And Steve knows the thing that I'm hating most in AEW is seeing Sting in the ring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we loved him in WCW doing his thing as a young man, but I don't need to see all these young studs sell punches from a 60-year-old Sting. No, I'm done with it. I'm so over it. 
yeah. you know, be at the ring, be at ringside, be a manager, be a mentor, but don't get in the ring and start exactly you know, pretending that you're 30 years younger. I mean, I'm I'm sick of it. I don't want to see it anymore. So, yeah, similar to the QT Marshall thing, um, I don't want to see T- Sting wrestling on any semi-regular kind of you know basis at all. I mean, it does watching Sting wrestle. Um, so for that alone, I'm picking the Bullet Club. How about you, David? I I I think the the main incentive that Sting was got, that Sting got for signing with AEW was in fact AEW's like yeah I know your last run with the WWE you were putting over um, uh, Triple H I know you were putting uh, putting over uh, Seth Rollins I know but we're gonna do it right and we're gonna make you this phenom and this world beater again and we're gonna bring back the mystique of Sting and I think that was the main incentive for Sting signing was he was going to be the guy again but. You know, why would you want to be the guy? Why not be able to put over new talent and everything? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, as as uh, obviously we're all wrestling fans, like who would want to, we were all probably Hulksters and Hulkamania and stuff, but who wants to see Hulk Hogan wrestle again in his 60s or 70s? I mean, who wants to, who wants to see that? I mean, I was very, very adamant. I did not want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin come back because you always play that risky game where, yeah, you can get the nostalgia factor and you can get all those fans and the people that love Stone Cold Steve Austin, but you can also see one of your heroes get hurt or have a heart attack in the ring or, you know, drop dead or put on a bad performance that doesn't do his legacy justice and why we were all fans in the first place. And to Greg's point, and I completely agree with him, like, I do not want to see Sting in the ring again. I I, I loved him as a mentor role and mentoring um uh, Darby Allen, you know, I, I'd love to see him as a coach as opposed to a, a competitor because it just, it, it's not believable. Like the Bullet Club should handle it, it from a psychology standpoint, the Bullet Club should handle a 60 year old man and doesn't do any of the younger talent justice when things throwing them around the ring and killing them. Like, oh, the tag team champions of the world, greatest tag team of all time. And right now, pound for pound, one of the best tag teams in any promotion is getting thrown around by a six year old man and selling for a six year old man just doesn't do any of the young guys justice. It doesn't move the needle further with the guys that are going to be carrying the sport for the next 20 years. And I want to see the Bull Club uh, win. I agree with Greg. Yeah, and, you know, like, I don't care for Sting at all. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought they, all the, if they did that, um, whatever that first, that one match with him at Darby, the the filmed, the, you know, the, the cinema match, that was kind of his return match. You just end it there. He, he was just keep there, but. We keep seeing him out there, and uh, yeah, guys have to keep selling the hell out of him. Uh, by the way, real quick, is anyone going to watch Ric Flair's last match ever? <laughs> oh my yeah. God! So that's a big fat no from me. You know, it, it hurts my heart because I am the biggest Ric Flair fan. Um, after my dude Magnum Ta succumbed to an untimely end to his wrestling career, Ric Flair became my guy. And I'm happy that for two and a half decades, he was at the top of his game, putting down five-star matches everywhere he went. And then he got old one day. He turned on TV and he's, you know, saggy, wrinkly. And, you know, he had the uh, the great WrestleMania moment with Shawn Michaels. And, you know, then it was time yeah. to, to pass the uh, baton on to the next guy. Um, we know that Ric Flair's almost died twice, maybe three times in the last uh, decade at least. And now he's, you know, 73 years old, about to have his last match. Uh, he's got a pacemaker. He's had both, <laughs> I believe, hips, knees replaced. And I cringe when I think about it because, you know, one bad bump in his whole body could just splinter into a thousand pieces right there on the mat. And I don't want that of of my guy. Um, you know, cut all the promos you want in the world. Do all the prom the uh, commercials for ED medicine and car insurance that you want, but you stop taking bumps. You know, I, I don't want this man to die in the ring. He's seventy three years old already. You know, go off into the sunset. You go to a commentary. I would love to hear him on the commentator steps, but I'm I'm scared for him in this last match, just thinking of all the things that can possibly go wrong. 
go work on his marriage. I mean, he was separated. <laughs> no kidding. Why for a bit, and now they're back together all of a sudden. So like, you know, come on. Next up, this one. How about this one? This is really intriguing because you know we all know who Orange Cassidy is and what he's about. We, I'm starting to learn what Will Osprey is all about in the ring, right? I think it's all Will Osprey in the end because I just can't see, you know, IWGP United States Heavyweight uh, Championship for Orange Cassidy. Even though I love Orange Cassidy to get a title sooner rather than later, uh, but. This is, should be all will, but I think it's going to be interesting to see the contrast of styles. And we might see some stuff out of Orange Cassidy we haven't seen ever, Greg. So um, what do you what do you think first? We'll go to David first. We'll go to our Steve guest. Let him pick a side, and then we'll go to Greg. Um, Orange Cassidy is one of the most over mofos ever with the most minimum amount of work. Um, <laughs> I love for him to win this match, and I don't think he is, but – I love for him to at least put on a good performance. I don't think he goes over Will Ospreay. I I I do not see it happening under any variables. Um, yeah, I I this is one of the matches where it's going to be like kind of a it's got this is on AEW's you know kind of a doorstep, and this is by all actuality people and the fans are calling this an AEW pay per view as opposed to a New Japan Pro Wrestling pay per view, even though it's combined. But this is going to be one of the matches where New Japan Pro Wrestling has to go over. Uh, just looking at the the card. Uh, I don't see Orange. Uh, I don't see Orange Cassidy winning, but I see him putting on like at least a good performance, being one of the most over human beings on planet Earth. Um, yeah, I, I have to go with Will to retain the title. And it does suck because Orange Cassidy's just back from injury. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. And like he, he's going to eat an L, but like he's, I think it's all about we'll still see him on Wednesday night, and that's the thing, you know. Then you could just give him back winning matches. So, uh, which way are you going, Greg? This is the match I'm probably looking forward to the most, to be honest with you. Um, because, you know, I feel uh, Orange Cassidy. I love this man. And it goes back to his whole presentation from day one. Me being never seen any of the guy before, but caught him with the gimmick right away. Uh, you know, slot style, doesn't do anything quickly. And they milked that for a couple months before he had that first match with Pac. And we're all thinking he's going to get smoked. And he balled out. He had this killer match. That match still holds up. It's amazing. And he blew up. And um, that's what I want to see here. And I'm, I agree with what you say in the sense that, um, you know, he's just got back from injury. And the place is still mega over for him. It, it seems wrong that he would take a take an L here, but you know, it's Will Ospreay outside of you know he's supposed to be like the the man, the like the greatest wrestler that's not in you know outside of WWE and AEW, and this is kind of his coming out party. Um, so I think that Osprey will win. But I don't want him to because Orange is my guy, and I want him to see him ball out like he did against Pac a couple years ago and really show out about how great he can go when he's you know, ready to do so. And But I'll agree with you guys, and I think Osprey will, will take, the, take the win, but I'm not going to like it. I mean, I even wonder if we could just do a short run for Orange as – IWGP United States Champion, where maybe he wins it tonight and then loses it Wednesday night, but gets some sort of fluky, you know, upset win, you know, and maybe you keep Will Ospreay in the States for a couple more days, but, you know, we shall see. Um, we have, Greg, I think we got our first YouTube best profile picture ever. Look at this comment by The Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> I love our guy Big Ben that's in our chat all the time, Greg. No, I'm reading it right now. But we do not ever have Gaston from Beauty and the Freaking Beast in our chat. This is, <laughs> nice. This is like we officially made it. So thank you, Gaston, for joining us. If you want to get Belle or the Beast or Lumiere or Mrs. Potts and who else is there? The Clock. 
if, if anyone ever want to join the chat, just let us know. But this is the, the best profile picture ever. Best username right there of the night. <laughs> that is Stephen A. 1181's best comment of the night so far by the best profile picture. So thank you, Gaston, for joining us. Thank you, Gaston. No one makes comments like Gaston. There we go. No Next. one <laughs> comments like Gaston. <laughs> All right, back to the back to the real talk. Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, first time ever. This is not New Japan related, even though Tony Storm was technically in Japan at some point. <laughs> so I guess they're just going with that. Um, this will be all Thunder Rosa. Uh, my eye on my girl crush, Greg, as you've realized lately. I don't know if you've noticed that, but eye on my. Uh, What's up with all the uh, the rumors going around that Thunder Rosa doesn't sell well? She's not uh, easy to work with. Like, what's going on with that? I, there was there was some. I guess her and uh, who was it? Marina had a little beef, but it looked like that got settled. So I don't know if it was just an off night. I mean, we all have off nights, you know, at the office. So maybe it was just one of those that you're you know you're working as hard as you can, and one night you just off. So I don't know what that was about. I hope it was just that one fluky night. Uh, I guess we'll see tonight. You know, this, I mean, Thunder Rosa hasn't wrestled since then, so this is the night. And, you know, I think she's going to be pumped. It's like she said, this is her first time wrestling Tony Storm, and she's wanted to wrestle Tony Storm. So, um, Greg, which way are you going, Thunder or Rosa or Tony Storm? Uh, I'm taking th uh, Thunder Rosa. You know, she just won the championship a couple months ago. I think it's too early to pull the plug. And... Uh, but they do need to do better with her as far as giving her exposure, giving her mic time. Every time she's, you know, on the stage about to uh, do an interview, somebody interrupts her. She never gets to say her piece. So I think she gets the win, but they definitely need to do more with her, do by her. And actually, yeah, like, let her, you know, we always, we never see her in the ring getting an interview with Tony Schiavone. It's always on the ramp or in the, you know, backstage, like put her in front of the audience. Like the, the crowd loves her. Yeah. So letting her have some of that exposure because she wants to do so much more than, you know, be a champion. Like she's talking about representing the culture. And that's huge because the Latina culture, how much is there really, you know, for that out there? So, uh, which way are you going? Some dork? I'm, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tony Storm to yeah, win this. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go with Tony Storm. I I think Thunder Rosa. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Tony Storm. I'm gonna stick with Tony Storm. New champion. She's got she's got a look. You know, people love her. Uh, I'm gonna go with Tony Storm. Okay, there you go. Uh, next up, <laughs> this is where I need Excalibur to read this in his you know one breath reading. <laughs> Winner take all triple threat match. ROH Sweep Champions FTR versus IWGP Champions the United States Empire versus Rapongi Vice. Winners will lead with all the titles. That was my best Excalibur trying to get every single reading done. Greg, which way are we going? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, FTR just because I don't see... Uh, I'm so sad about that. I, I'm not <laughs> a fan of... <laughs> I don't feel... I'm not feeling Rapunky Vice. Yeah. Uh, I know they're a big deal in Japan, but from what I've seen from of them, um, I don't think it's I don't, I don't get it. AW. Right, and then the uh, the United Empire. We're just getting our first view of them, so we really don't know what the how good they are. They've had you know two matches um, so far, and they really show anything that we haven't seen a hundred times. So. Um, I have to go with the favorites and take uh, FTR. Yeah, FTR has been on such a roll. Uh, which way are you going, David? Uh, I'm going to go with Fuck the Revival. <laughs> I think uh, fuck, <laughs> fuck the Revival to attain, forever the Revival. But uh, I'm going to go with them to retain. And win. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with them for the W. Yeah, I think they're going to get all of that. I just want them to have every title. Get them all the freaking titles we can get. Just all the tag team titles, you know, that Triple H picture where he has all the titles like draped around him, and they're all just strapped to him. Just give them 
I mean, it's pretty amazing to see FTR. You know, I, you know, there was that time when I thought they were kind of on a low grade, and now all of a sudden everything just clicked, and it's good to see for them because I wasn't too sure if maybe their AEW run was going to be, you know, that great. You know, we had, and of course, you know, they debuted in the pandemic era, which, you know, was tough to ask a broken Matt Hardy about that. Uh, I think right. that, I think it's really hurt him, but and he hasn't recovered since. So, um, yeah, I just think with the crowd now, and you know, like we said, I think the singles matches of Cashmere or Dax Harwood actually helped them because we can see what they could do as singles guys, and we can see what they do as tag. So right. We see the best of both. And this one, oh my God, this is like. <laughs> Put the bell on Adam Cole, please. <laughs> you want, are, you You're going to, are you going to go with him? Are you going to go uh, with him? Okada's probably going to win, but Adam Cole winning would be... Oh, this is one from Six and Midnight, man. If Adam Cole wins... Oh. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of Adam Cole's run so far in AW? Um... I think you can always do more, but that's just because expectations have always been high towards Adam Cole. I think you can always do more. I, again, one of those guys you can put the entire company on his back. Um, I, I think he can do more. I, I think Okada's going to win, but um, yeah. It, it just it, It's leaned towards that way, considering there's one New Japan wrestler that's in there right now, I, I and Okada is over like Rover, so yeah, I think I'm going to go with Okada. And how about you, Greg? Which way are you going with? This is a, a weird one for me just because I know Okada's reputation. I know in Japan he is the man. He is the Rainmaker. Rick Flair. He is the Roman Reigns. He is like the top of the top of the top. Yep. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So that being said, I've never seen a single Okada match in my life. Um but this is the Japan World Heavyweight title. So I don't know if it would make sense to put it on any of the other three because, you know, how much are they going to lend those guys out to go to Japan and defend that title on the basis that he does? Uh, what I want to see is why Okada is as great as he is. You know, I want to see him be awesome. And so, okay, this is why he's the man. Um, so that's why I'm really looking forward to this match uh, just because, it's my first time seeing Okada do anything. Um, almost the same for Jay White. We've only seen, you know, quick cameos for Jay White in one real match match. So um, I, I want the same thing from Jay White because I know he's one of the top guys in Japan also. Um, so that being said, just off the reputation alone, I'm going to um, – say Okada also. Yeah. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I would love to see Adam Cole get it and just listen to him run his mouth and, you know, be that guy and see what happens with that. But I'll, for the record, I'll, I'll call it Okada. And, you know, I love my boy Hangman, but Hangman ain't winning this match. Uh, Adam Cole's been working hurt, but he ain't winning this match. I'm going to stick with the switch play. He just got the title, I think it was two weeks ago or, you know, a week and a half ago. Uh, so I can't see him giving right back to Okada. And I think him, you know, retaining, maybe he pins Adam Cole, you know, just to kind of uh, really screw that over. And then, you know, Jay, I, I, like to, I would like to see J.Y. do a little more with AEW. I think, I think his name is big enough, and I feel like I'd like to see him more on TV. You know, to kind of see what he could do in AEW. But uh, it'll be my first taste of Okada as well. So I'm really curious to see what he can do. And watching Adam Cole, like I said, he's working hurt. You wonder if he'll even do that much in the match. I guess a fatal four-way is nice in a way because he can probably lay back a little bit and not have to work as much if, you know, need be. So. Next up, what do we got? How about this one? This is another, you know, new title. The inaugural AEW All-Atlantic title. Uh, we did have a, a switch here as well. Um, by the way, people are calling this the Forbidden Curse pay-per-view because there's just been <laughs> so much. And just what, it was what, two weeks ago, Greg? I think we had 
maybe one or two matches scheduled, and now they finally, you know, filled out the card for us. So yeah, um, it, it's probably been tough for both sides to kind of work. But so Clark Connors, who I have no idea, I'll just say it right off the top, no clue who this guy's all about. Uh, David, do you have any insight onto this guy for us? Do you have any- um, not much. I, I know, I know Black, I know Pac, I know Muro, and I know, uh, uh, I don't know uh, Clark Connors, so I know okay. nothing about him. Okay. I just think he was kind of like a villain. Yeah. Uh, I, I forgot who got injured. It was, um, it was Ishii. Yes, yes. Was Ishii got injured. And he was on AEW a few times. Yeah. Uh, I think. I love- sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry for interrupting. I apologize. No, I was just going to say, I think he. He was with uh, the best friends a couple of times or in a match against them either way. I forget which way it went. But uh, he's been on AEW a couple of times. Who are we going with, though, David? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, probably Black. I, I, I think it's just lean towards that direction. Uh, Pac could – yeah, no, this is one of those matches like uh, – Because I see – yeah, it, 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 I see ways that Neuro can win and why it would make sense. But I also see why Pac and Black, considering that – Oh, either Pac or Black. I'll, I'll just go with Black. Fuck it. I'm going to go with Black. Well, they have a hell of a title. I feel like, you know, Miro <laughs> had the TNT title, and he did yeah. a lot with it. I wrote, You know, he was one of the better champions they had, you know, especially, and I think his kind of came in the middle of the pandemic era, but for what he was doing. Uh, so I think it's got to be Malachi Black as well. I, I think if we want the House of Black to really start meaning something, they're going to have to win some gold. Or do more, you know, be in some sort of main event picture, even if they're not going to hold titles. You know, we're still just starting the Julia Hart aspect of it. You know, you have them talking a big game, but, and they win matches here and there, but they don't, you know, they haven't really won anything big. So I think Malachi Black holding the all Atlantic title would really be a good start for them. And I think Pac will be okay. I just don't have him EPL. I think, you know, then that way you keep. <coughs> All right, Dead Triangle and House of Black. If you still want to go that back and forth, so uh, Greg, are you going for three, four, three, and O here with uh, Malachi? Well, I will say he is my favorite uh, person in this match. Mm-hmm. You know, I've loved Malachi Black since day one, uh, all the way back to Alistair Black. Uh, I still brag, David, that uh, I was there for his first match in WWE at um, NXT TakeOver WrestleMania 33 weekend, and he uh, debuted against Hedrade, and uh, we're sitting in there in the uh, Amway Center. We'd seen the vignettes, but hadn't seen him wrestle before, and his music hits, and everybody's headbanging, and it's like, we don't know who this guy is, but we already like him. And of course, he comes out. He is who he is, and he's he kills it. Um, so I've loved the guy since day one, and I want to see him win this match. But just because I I still love Miro's angle too, um, and they've represented him as you know he's still the destroyer he used to be, but he's switching up his uh, style a little bit where. Instead of being, you know, God's favorite champion, he's going to be, you know, more on the uh, the dark side, and he's going to start destroying kids, and that uh, neck of sand, as they used to call it, has been fixed. So, you know, what does that mean? Um, I could see him winning this match. So, just to go oppo a little bit, I'm going to call it for Miro. And I believe here we go. Um... Is there any doubt Moxley's going to win? Moxley's going to win. This is like the dumbest contest ever. You might as well let him go in the ring, finger poke a doom, and hand him the belt because it wouldn't get any more fucking obvious that John Moxley's going to win. John Moxley, once again, if you're going to put someone in the place of CM Punk, which arguably costed the, uh, AW thousands and thousands of dollars, probably a half a million to a million dollars to get him in. And then, and then, all that money invested into marketing, ice cream bars, everything, putting the title on him, building him up, only for him to get injured. The one guy that is equal and equates to his mic skills, ring ability, etc., is John Moxley. And obviously, AEW has built this up and built up John Moxley. 
There's no other reason why Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to beat John Moxley. Because I can't even pronounce his name, but John Moxley is a hassle name in North America. John Moxley is going to win this, and maybe maybe the receipt, and maybe he gets uh, payback in Japan when they challenge and they do whatever, but John Moxley has to win this bout. It, this is a lock. This is pretty much a lock of the night. It doesn't get more obvious. Yeah, if they, I mean, they could maybe make the internet explode and just put on the title of Tanahashi, because if you're trying to get back to CM Punk again, but we don't know, but Punk's going to be out for a while. So that's yeah. going downfall. So yeah, it's gotta be mine. Right. And Greg, are you you gonna you gonna pull the upset <laughs> of the century? Is he gonna be the ball breaker? Is he gonna pick Tanahashi? I mean, I know you one shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me let me throw the argument out there and then let's see. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we know Tanahashi is what is not Okada, but he is one of the biggest names in Japan, right? Correct. Okay, so so there's that. Uh, apparently, Moxley has been hunting Tanahashi forever, and so it's lends the question: Why is it because you know Tanahashi's beaten him before, and he wants to get the win back? Is it because um, he is that good, and he wants to prove himself against Tanahashi? Um, is as one of those things. So we don't know how good Tani Hashi is. Um, we didn't see any physicality with him really, and you know we had a army of people fighting around him while those two stood in the uh, ring and stared each in each other's eyes. Um, it, it's very interesting. And then are we ready for Moxley gets Punk down the road and making a transition there? Yeah. Um, or would it be more intriguing if they pulled a swerve of all swerves, put it on Tanahashi after a 10-star match against Moxley where we really see, okay, this this is why Moxley is, was after this guy because he is amazing. And now this is what Punk has to look forward to. Can they put down that type of match that makes us worry for Punk against him? Um, so there we go. There's, there's some, uh, some bricks in the foundation right there. So, but, it, no. but, but <laughs> <laughs> you just call me devil's advocate. So, um, it may give you some juicy plot lines to see, uh, does anything, you know, any the spaghetti stick on the wall? Um, or how about the uh, double swerve where the uh, Japan guy gets the AEW title and the AEW guy gets the Japan title? So, say, David's scenario and Adam Cole wins the IWGP title. You might so, put I, the AEW title on Tanahashi just to mix things up. Right, so, but you know, crazy scenarios. <laughs> but John Moxley, yeah, I tried. I tried. Hey, you know, I appreciate you. We, because like we said, you gotta go both sides. Yeah. Uh, are you looking forward to tonight, David? Do you think it's been cursed, as some people have said, or do you think it still will deliver? I, I, I think um, they've always. History has shown that, like, whenever there is, like, that super card, whenever there's there, there's a way too many cooks in the kitchen, you, you never know if politics is going to get in the way of putting on a good card. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I couldn't think of it when uh, Jerry Lawler faced off against um, uh, the Texas Tornado, uh, Kevin Ball, Eric. Remember that super card when they were both champions? Uh, it was, um, I forget, it was years and years and years ago when Jerry King's Lawler's promotion fought against um texas all pro wrestling or whatever the name was but you always have that problem and the reason why the forbidden door has never opened in the first place is because everyone wants their guys to win or you want their guys to win you never know when politics can get in the way of putting on the best card possible if they can put if they could put business aside and say hey we want to just put on an epic event because it's going to help out both promotions 
I, I don't want to see like a thousand disqualification wins. I don't want to see a thousand uh, no contests or draws or anything like that. You, you never know when it comes to super cards of if egos are going to clash, if too many cooks are in the kitchen, which, you know, everyone wants their promotion to look superior to the other promotion. It, it's going to be fascinating to see if they can communicate together and actually put on a banger card like both of them can. And, you know, just put business aside and say, hey, let's, Let's work together. Our guys can win here. Your guys can win here. Let's just all make each other look good. Uh, because, you know, obviously, you know, pro wrestling's a show, but there's a lot of real stuff that goes on that people don't have a respect for, which I do, you do, and and Greg does. Like, So that's going to be the, the interesting thing to see is if they don't flood this up, everyone's going to look incredible. It's going to be an incredible card. And, yeah, I'm excited for every single match on this card. But more importantly, I'm excited for Moxley to take the helm and seeing what he does with it, because he was never the guy. Even though he was the guy or the champion, he was never the guy. So I want to say uh, I, I'm excited for Moxie to finally become the guy and see what he does with an AEW. And in front of the crowd, because he's pretty much champion during the yeah. pandemic, like the height of it. So. Mm. Uh, and yeah. uh, real quick, David, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Do you have any shows you're commentating for? Oh, yeah. So I have Bare Knuckle Insiders that are coming up at 8 p.m., I didn't put him up head again, head to head against Steven because obviously I wanted to do the show and we didn't want to get our asses kicked. We fear Steven and Greg, so obviously we moved our show to 8 p.m. <laughs> I it. to my boys. So uh, yeah, better knuckle insiders tonight. Uh, we have two great guests on, and obviously uh, with Fight Mixer, and we're really really excited and always an honor to be on. Obviously, it was Father's Day, and you know I love talking to you about pro wrestling. I can do it all night long, and. You're the man, Steven. I have such a uh, respect for your opinion and BW Sports, one of the best out there. And yeah, I shout out to you guys. So that, that's who I want to give a plug to when show coming up. So we appreciate it. And we'll, of course, thank you. you. All. I know you want to talk this good man. And uh, <laughs> we will need to make time for that. I noticed that that is very, it's kind of not went away, but it's not as the smoke isn't as fiery anymore. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. So that's a, but I'm just going to leave it at that for now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, we will have you back on sooner rather than later, of course. Please. And Always an honor talking to you, my friend. Awesome. Uh, and then, Greg, how are you doing? Anything you want to plug? Uh, any sports that you want to throw out there real quick? Yeah. Um, it's uh, curious you were talking about. That's right. And I, I finally made my decision that uh, I'm going to go with the red bloodline t-shirt so so you can look like me because i have the black there we one. go uh so david <laughs> this is a this is an outside wwe bet that we had we had the warriors of golden state and the celtics of boston and of course like apl there even though the celtics were up to one but that's a whole nother conversation oh yeah i owe the greg won a red bloodline t-shirt uh just yeah send me your size and i will you're, so you're okay from the WWE shop? <laughs> there you go. You can do it on Mondays when the, the shirts are half off or whatever they do every Monday. But, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, there was um, some sort of 20, 30% off every other day. Like, uh, exactly. <laughs> and talk about, the, you were mentioning the uh, BKFC, Barry Knuckle Fighting. Um, I just ran into uh, Big Ben Rothwell, who is on his way to that oh, event you're way. talking about uh, wow. in the airport. Holy um, shit. I, I worked in the airport and he was on one of my flights and I recognized him as wearing one of his Rockwell uh, MMA shirts. So <laughs> yeah, he wasn't awesome. exactly trying to go incognito. That, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to give him a shout out, say, how you doing? And, you know, good luck with Bare Knuckle. It's like, yeah, I'm going to an, an event right now. Um, and uh, kind of poke him to see uh, who he's going to be fighting. And uh, he didn't have an opponent yet, but I'd heard uh, Greg Hardy being mentioned in the same breath as him. And I asked him about Greg Hardy. He's like, not yet, but I know they just signed him. And, you know, if he wants, he can get it. So It, know, it could also be Bobo Ben, who his wife is actually a host on one of our shows for uh, Bare Knuckle Insiders. That's going to be on later. But, um, yeah, well, I'm hearing rumblings about Bobo Ben taking that flight. But you never know. I mean, it, it's a it's a fast-rising sport, and, you know, I'm – Happy to be a part of the community promoting it, and yeah, Ben. That makes things very, very interesting with Big Old Ben being in the in the mix. Yeah, he's going to be in the building. He's going to be watching. So you know that could happen. Anytime <laughs> yeah. I get to see Greg Hardy get knocked out, I will love it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. But yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Hey, he, he got smoked in the UFC, or, and he's out of there. So fair enough. Get That's a good point. Cowboys guy, right? Yeah. Did a lot of bad things and ended up getting kicked out of the league. So he's yep. a dirt bag, and he deserves getting his butt kicked by guys his own size. So yep. I'll just say that. Aside uh, from that, uh, you know, this is a good UFC weekend. And nobody, you don't care about that. But And I'll give you another chance to uh, – you know, get back. Um, there's, I noticed the uh, Chargers play the Colts this year. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw that on the schedule, but yeah, uh, I guess I'm a Chargers guy. Day. I'm a Chargers guy to my core, David. And uh, <laughs> he is a, a Colts guy, and we play each other this oh. season uh, around the holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving. I forgot which one it is, but somewhere around the holidays, the Colts play the Chargers. So there'll be another T-shirt on the line, or we'll have to figure out another bet. But uh, I'll give you a chance to get even. Uh, they they actually banned abortions. So, but thank God the New England Patriots are still playing. You know what I'm saying? I'm a New England <laughs> I'm a Patriots fan, and uh, we have some rebuilding uh, to do. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I tell everybody in New York that, and everyone makes fun of me. But uh, hopefully with Mac Jones, we can build up an uh, offense around him and give him some weapons. We'll see what happens. Hey, well, you can uh, all enjoy watching my Chargers win the championship this year. So I will, sir. I will. Just, just floating that out there. Right. They Thank gotta you. get past the Rams. They gotta beat LA, right? Get out there. So. Um, and then I'll just say shout out to my Pacers. Got our guy, Benedict Matherin. Uh that was the name that kept coming up. I was there were some people here, of course, that wanted Jaden Ivy because of the Indiana ties. He played at Purdue. I thought that'd be a lot of pressure. You know, it, it made me think back to Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward was drafted right before Paul George. And a lot of people wanted Gordon Hayward here. And there's rumblings out there that we might end up getting Gordon Hayward anyway. So, but um, yeah, that's all I got on my end. And uh, my patience, we got to get back to rumblings. For another year of 25 wins, Greg. I mean, Pacer <laughs> fans are, well, in the end of fans are sports, you know, are fair weather anyway. If there's another 25, 30 winning season, whew. Get out of it, so. yeah, plenty of good seats available in the stadium is what you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we got to get going so we can watch the buy-in. Thank you, David. Thank you, Greg. No we will Thank you, David. Watch you. Oh, no scheduled next week. So, Saturday is Money in the Bank. Ooh. We'll be live Saturday. And then, Greg, do we want to go live again on Sunday and kind of catch up on Money in the Bank and catch up on AW? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. We'll do Saturday, Sunday. So you'll get twice the pleasure, just like the ladies like. <laughs> All right, whichever way. Yeah. Whoever likes it. Everybody likes it. <laughs> Double the fun of Greg and Steven twice next weekend. Fuck yeah. And then welcome back, David, if you want to come through. Fuck yeah, man. Dude, I'm bet. Saturday. Double the pleasure. Fuck yeah, man. Oh, and we'll have to talk to Raphael. I'm sure he'll be live because it's in Las Vegas. So maybe I'll. We'll see what we can do with Raphael. Ooh, that'll uh, be yeah. great. Our betting guy. He forgot to give me the odds, so he's going to be a little upset that he forgot to give me the betting odds tonight. So we'll have to get back on that. And Gaston, come up, come back through, brother. Yes. yes. Okay. Gaston, please come back. Ring bell. 